Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 18 years and have seen just about everything. And as messed up as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. Hey, special shout out to Alob for doing the intro music. We haven't <laughs> we... thanked him in like 100 episodes. <laughs> yes, so. like, are we still doing that? We skipped no. it for like three or four episodes. Uh, no, like 14 episodes. Thank you, Alob. <laughs> Anybody that calls a blaze um, or next level ministry or anything like that, we actually uh, have Alob as our hold music. Um, so Alob's all over anything <laughs> where we need any kind of music. It's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> so I, I saved a soul in purgatory today. How'd you do that? While I was brushing my teeth, there was a hair, like not a hair, but like one of my kids, like long hairs on my toothbrush that I didn't notice until I started brushing. (laughs) 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 So gross. It was horrible. (laughs) I've done that before. Did it get it between your teeth as you were brushing? It tickled everywhere in my mouth and you're just so like, gross. yeah, anyways, I, I have no idea how that transitioned us in, but go ahead and tell us what we're talking about today. Oh, one of the traits that I like to have is good hygiene. There you go. That, okay. There, there, there's the transition. One of the traits I like to have is good hygiene. And sometimes that hygiene saves souls like this morning. So how did that get someone out of purgatory? It was horrible. <laughs> but, but like, did you offer it up and now that now someone's out of purgatory because of that? I absolutely gave it to Jesus. And I don't mess around when it comes to purgatory. I'm not like, Lord Jesus, save one soul in purgatory because of this toothbrush thing. I'm like, hey, Jesus, you're super generous. I know that this sacrifice wasn't big, but how about we empty out purgatory today because of it? Just empty out purgatory. Empty like, it. I make the big ask. I don't say save a soul. I'm like, just empty the thing out. Yeah. And by the way, this was really gross. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And now you guys are saving souls in purgatory because you got to hear about it. You have to think about it and remember the time that it happened to you. Yes. And then go back and offer that up. Amen. All right. So we, the transition, you know, the trait that you're talking about is a good hygiene, right? So what we wanted to talk about this week is like necessary traits of a ministry leader. We don't have a lot of time to dive through a ton. And you might have your own ideas of traits of a ministry leader. And ours may be actually tainted, you know, from our own perspective, our own personalities. So we definitely want you guys to give us some feedback on Facebook. Just search MLA podcast and give us some ideas, some other other thoughts that you have. So the first one, which is obvious, and we're not going to dive a whole lot into it. The number one necessary trait of a ministry leader is holiness. Now, Chris... Does that mean perfection? Absolutely not. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely, pause, not. Um, What do you mean by that? So what is holiness if it's not perfection? Well, holiness, I believe, is a uh, a radical dependence on God. Yep. And I believe that our sin sometimes accents that radical dependence, that need for Jesus in our life. And so holiness is the striving forward. Like, I don't have a perfect prayer life. I simply don't. Like, prayer is hard. And if we as ministry leaders say that prayer is easy, then we do a disservice to the people we're saying it to. Prayer is really, really hard. But holy people aren't people who are good at prayer. Holy people are people who are consistent at prayer. And we don't want to talk about this a whole lot because we we feel like we talk about prayer and personal prayer life a lot on this podcast. But holiness is not—you can't just get there and be holy. It's a— like a path. journey. It's a it's journey. It's a journey, not a destination. You know, exactly. You know, so um, as long as we are, like you said, being consistent in prayer and participating in the sacraments, we are doing what God is asking us to do. 
Amen. Yeah, moving on. Um, another trait of a, a ministry leader, it, it's necessary that we are community-minded. And so what, what does that mean? Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, we're going to make sure that our ministry has uh, access, that the community has access, that is friendly, that is welcoming. Yes, of course. But being community-minded is actually for us. We need to make sure that when we step away from ministry or when we're off the clock, so to speak, or we're not in that ministry setting, that we have people that we can authentically share life with, yep. that we have people that we can grow with. And, uh, and, and that community needs to be a diverse community. It can't just be all the same people. Otherwise, we do a disservice of being able to see the needs and respond to them and grow. Yeah, and I mean, how many times have you been in a discussion with someone who's so like-minded to you that you guys are just agreeing left and right? Everything you say, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you get all amped up and, and ready to move forward with whatever your agenda is. But then when you actually spend time with someone who's not like you, um, whose personality may be a little bit different, you're challenged and, and you grow. And so that's, that's one of the good things about having a community of people that aren't just like you all the time. It's, it's a whole lot more comfortable hanging around with people that are like you, um, but that's not what we're called to. We need to, be, we need to be stretching ourselves a little bit. Well, and, and to push back on that just a little bit, I don't think that means that you need to find people that hate Jesus and be like, I have to be your friend, right? So um, we're but, not supposed to evangelize? No, we... we <laughs> sick, sick burn, dude. Yeah, yes, we're supposed to evangelize, but I don't know if in your inner circle, the people that you really kind of share life with, right? I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think that it has to be polar opposite of you. When, when we're talking about a diverse community... It could be people that have different perspectives, even though they're also striving for holiness. And maybe maybe there's different types of community that we need to have. But, I mean, Annie Hickman does something that's amazing, you know, with the, the family dinners that he has, where he invites the, the, his whole neighborhood, his actual neighbor over. Right. And, not, and they are all different people. And that's, I think that's awesome. Um, I don't know if you would consider that his inner circle, you know, but maybe it is. Yeah, and I, I, I guess your support system and your inner circle versus being community-minded, I think that they're not mutually exclusive. Sure. Right? But I do think there are some people that you're going to journey closer with, uh, you're, you're Peter, James, and John, so to speak. And then there's going to be others that you seek to build life with. I would agree with that because I have, like, if you think about the Peter, James, and Johns, I have basically a family that comes over and we, that we spend time with every single week. Every Sunday we are together like in the pool or going bowling or whatever, but it's our whole families together. I really do think that their five kids think that our six kids are brothers and sisters with each other. Like they've, they spend that much time with each other. And, and I love that. And it's so funny because you and I are pretty close. And anytime that I'm in town and he sees me, he comes up to me as if we were as close to each other as you and I are. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes he has to remind me who he is. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, you're Matt's like, closest family friend, blah, 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 you know. Um, but yeah. it, it's neat because that community mindset that you have means that different pockets of your world are able to connect with each other even when you're not there to make that connection. And I think that's a sign of a healthy community. Absolutely. I love that. I love having that. Another trait of a ministry leader is positivity. Now, is this like sunshine and rainbows, Chris? Flowers and puppy dogs. <laughs> Flowers, puppy dogs, all that stuff. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think it always has to be because when someone's uh, relative passes away, like it's going to be okay. They're going to go to heaven. Like it's, you know, and I, that, that sounded weird, but I do believe that we need to have confidence in the mercy of God. 
But I think sometimes we need to weep with people as well. Yep. And so when we're talking about positivity, I don't believe that it means at the expense of authenticity. Yeah. I wrestle with this too, because sometimes I feel like I have to be fake positive in front of certain people because I'm the leader, but then I can like have a real conversation with a peer. Um, Tell me more about that. I, I, break so, that down for me. So I had this thought the other day. I was like, man, I wish I wasn't a leader and I could just tweet this. I'm really curious um, how many people are, um, I'm going to put this on the podcast, whatever. Um, how many people are, are still Catholic just because of the Eucharist? Who are so annoyed and fed up with leadership that they, the only reason they stay in the church is because Jesus is in the Eucharist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, where else will we go? Yeah, you know, um, and so that, like, I don't know if I would necessarily share that with everyone, like I just did on the podcast. Sure. You know, or I wouldn't have that conversation necessarily with my core team. I would be a lot more positive and hopeful, and and I am, to be honest, but I also, like, every so often, I'll, I'll get down on things like that, and I, whenever I have a lament like that, I typically will take it to a peer you know, or even a superior, you know, someone like Jim Beckman and say, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this and, and I need your advice. I need your help, or I just need to vent with you. So right. there's, I think there's a, a balance to positivity and like you said, you know, honesty, but I think we, we definitely need to be a hopeful people, Yeah. you know, an Easter people who, who knows that, I mean, that we are, we are sinners, we are surrounded by sinners, but, but our God is bigger than that. You know, and so that, that positivity has to be there, even amidst the struggles that we have. And the, the stench of the tomb, you sometimes forget the glory of the resurrection. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you in regards to some of the challenges that the church is facing. And the gates of hell, hell, hell the gates of hell, <laughs> the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. But that doesn't mean that she won't come close, that, that, that hell won't come close. You know what I mean? Like, and it feels, it feels challenging at times. And so... I think that hope and positivity need to go hand in hand with it. Yep, absolutely. So, and and it's and I think it may be harder at times to be positive, you know, to be hopeful, um, depending on what you're surrounding with, like what you're sur- surrounded with, what you're dealing with. But we definitely need to have that, you know, the goal of being hopeful. Like God, I I need your hope right now. Like, I, I, I cannot muster up any human hope. I need your supernatural hope to come alive in me, yeah. <laughs> you know? There's a retreat that, uh, that I lead that normally has uh, a number of people attend. And recently, it, it, it had smaller registration than normal. And I was like, oh, darn. You know, but the positivity in me came out. It was like, no, we can go deeper. We can, we can, uh, we can journey further together with, with this group than we would be able to had we had the numbers that we've had in years past. So this is actually an opportunity, right? And so that's where positivity comes in. It's not like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Oh, well, you know, this whole, <laughs> this whole sadness about it, because God gives us opportunities all along the way. Jesus Christ is still present on that retreat, right? Yeah. And even to see failure as a teacher, like this is an opportunity for us to learn so that we can do better next time or to learn about the, the group that we serve. Right. And so that that aspect of positivity, I think, is awesome. But if things are going wrong, it's okay to admit that. I had a yeah. parent meeting the other night, and I was like, we are still looking to hire a person to lead this ministry. And so right now, it's going to be, it's just our skeleton crew, but that's okay. It'll be, it'll be the program 
without all the bells and whistles, but it won't be a program without any bells and whistles, and we need your help. And to share authentically and to know that we're still going to do quality ministry in that, that's the element of positivity that was coming through, even though there was a heavy situation with, uh, with us being kind of a man down staff-wise. And, and as leaders, we need to be the ones who are helping find the, the positive in a situation like that and setting the example for those that we lead with. Because, you know, it, you're not the only one who's having to deal with the, the issue of being understaffed, Chris. Every, like the, the core team is, the parents are, and you need to be the one setting the positive note around all that. Right. Um, and so we, we, that's just part of what a ministry leader has to do. So final thought on positivity? We need to keep our eyes focused on Christ, focused upward, um, and that's what being positive is, is looking towards Christ, having confidence in that reality. If we focus just on the problem or just on the uh, the circumstances, then we take our eyes off of Jesus, and that's not a, a healthy trait of a ministry leader. All right. The next one is um, being affirming. This The reason I wanted to introduce this one is because I'm not very good at it. Um, I am... I don't know what it is about me, but I just don't, I don't tell people when they do a good job or when they're doing something that, that really impresses me. I, and my, my wife hates it because she definitely needs words of affirmation. And I think she's freaking awesome. I just never tell her that. <laughs> and the thing is, is you actually think, you think these things. You're like, I should let that person know they did a good job. And then you don't, Matt. <laughs> yeah, and then you do nothing Stupid. about it. Like, <laughs> you see the things you are actually affirming in your mind and in your heart just not out your lips. Yep, absolutely. This is what kind of spurred the whole idea for this thing because I actually want our the ministry leaders that are listening to to affirm someone today. Um, and, and in particular, I, I want you to have a mission to affirm everyone on the staff that you work with. Like at the parish that you're at. Now that may be a huge staff. I don't know. Maybe maybe you work at a church like Chris does and it's just like thirty people and that's a ton. But forty people, holy yes. moly! <laughs> um, but but take some time to affirm the people you work with because no one else. I mean, is anybody else at your at your work doing that? Affirming people? Yeah. Informal and in informal ways. Yeah. There there have been times and initiatives where certain departments have said we are going to affirm people and thank people. Uh, along the way. So yeah, absolutely. Good. I think that needs to happen more often. And maybe it needs to happen more often with me. I don't know. Um, as I was thinking about this, there there are things about you, Chris, that I think are pretty freaking awesome. Um, like I, when we're in a discussion with someone um, in leadership or whatever, and I, I'm always like, man, I wonder what Chris would say. Because he would, he would be able to nail, you know, what, like a, a good response with, you know, combined with church teaching, combined with scripture, and be able to be so eloquent, you know, in this response. Like you were even telling me some stuff before the podcast today that I was like, man, like in that situation, I, I wouldn't be able to, to put that together like that in such a good way that you can. Sure. Um, so I've always admired you for, for that um, and for your courage and confidence, you know, in dealing with situations like that. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome. Am, am, am I supposed to affirm no. you now? No, you're not. We're going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on affirming for people listening? Um, affirming for a lot, of, a lot of people that we're surrounded by is their fuel to continue in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the amount of insecurity that people have, and I think, honestly, it's, it's valid. Like, I am not worthy to, to share the gospel, right? I, I know I'm broken. I know I'm a sinner. And yet God uses me as an instrument, and he makes me worthy in his love. 
right? Like if, if we look at, sorry, maybe it should be, I'm not qualified. Yeah, we, I, I was like, we, we've had the, uh, we did a whole podcast on that. And know, we argued know, back and forth. I know, I know, I know. So for <laughs> us to feel unqualified or underqualified, I think that that's totally a valid feeling. The insecurities that exist in every ministry leader exists also in every minister out there and those volunteers and the parents that we're trying to call forth to help out in the programs. All of that is completely valid. And yet um, they have gifts and those gifts submitted to God can do amazing things. And they have, they've changed lives of children, of families, family trees. They've changed, you know, communities. And so that that affirming peace brings people out of that insecurity and into the reality of, well, what happens when we submit something to God? He yep. multiplies and anoints. Absolutely. Um, another piece would be to be a lifelong learner. And so Matt and I both uh, have <laughs> read books. I'm doing air quotes. I've been doing air quotes like all throughout the podcast. <laughs> no one can see them. Gotcha. So um, to to uh, an Audible account, we have we, we read books by listening to books. You did and, it again. Uh, <laughs> you did air quotes again. Stop it. Um, <laughs> by listening to books. And, and it helps us along the way to be exposed to ideas that we could kind of bring to ministry. Some of the books are, yes, absolutely uh, Catholic books or Christian books or leadership books. Um, but a lot of them that are like business concepts and different things like that, that we take, we listen, we learn, and then we baptize and we yep. make them applicable to ministry. And I have seen a lot of growth in my leadership because of that. Absolutely. I mean, if you're not learning, no matter no matter how much education you have up to that point, um, if you stop learning, your ministry is going to get stagnant. Like what you do is going to get stagnant and you're going to get repetitive in what you do and you're going to get stuck in your way. There, there's no way around it. If you're not bringing in new ideas, new thoughts, you're, you're going to keep doing the same old thing. And so there's a couple different angles in regards to learning, right? And it doesn't even have to be related to the field. If you're learning about some other industry or some other trade or you're like, I want to learn how to, I literally have a book on knife throwing. My <laughs> wife got me a set of throwing knives and a book uh, for my birthday a number of years ago. And I built a little board and I'm a nerd and it was a lot of fun, right? And I learned about all these techniques and I was like, huh. I wonder if this type of technique could help me focus better in, in, in ministry. And so learning anywhere is going to ben benefit you everywhere. Um, but a couple different areas, if you're like, where do I start in regards to learning? One, how to do ministry. And I think a lot of us already have ideas or have a rhythm that's been working for us. But then we can also get, get books or, or learn about who we're called to minister to. And yep. so for youth ministry, Generation Z, to examine and explore the different traits of Gen Z, uh, things of that nature, it's absolutely fascinating. And it changes the way we minister because we better know our target audience. So there's, uh, you could learn on how to give a better talk. You know, uh, Taylor, uh, the guy that does our uh, editing and everything, he put me onto a book on uh, how to give a quality TED Talk. And mm. he's like, it changes the way that you step up behind a microphone. you got to check this out. So I'm excited to get into that because that's something I want to learn on. And so there's so many different aspects that you could look towards. But leadership, there are a ton of books out there on leadership. Uh, Multipliers is one that I would highly recommend. Well, and I feel like we're preaching to the choir here because they're they're listening to the podcast. I mean, they're, they're here learning. At least that's my hope. Maybe we're just entertaining, <laughs> but they're they're here to to learn. You know, more about being a ministry leader, and so you're you're already doing something. You know, to to do that. That's two affirmations this podcast, Matt. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Was I affirming them or you? 
No, them. You're like, they are already lifelong learners by the fact that they are taking time out of their day to listen to a podcast to help them become better ministry leaders. Absolutely. So good. Look at that. I'm so proud of you. But yeah, for me, it's the, it's the same thing is listening to audiobooks. Um, there are some books you just can't find on Audible, so you have to actually read, actually read like physical books. Um, and then, you know, podcasts. And then it may be just going to see what someone else does in their ministry. And I, like conferences are, are another great way to learn because not only can you learn from the presenters, but you can also like build community and meet other ministry leaders and and talk to them about how they do what they do and collaborate and iron sharpening iron, that whole thing. That's another great way to learn. I love just asking why. Why do you do it that way? And then mm-hmm. just listening. Yep. And they get to the heart of what they're doing. You get to hear their passions. Meet other ministry leaders. This This one pairs really well with the community-minded piece to ask people the why behind the what of the, the things that they're passionate about or what that they do. Great. Cool. Last but not least, have a sense of humor. Yes. That doesn't mean you have to be funny. I have learned this over the years <laughs> in the most painful <laughs> ways possible. It doesn't mean you need to try and be funny either. True. But it does mean you have to, when, when, when the going gets tough, that you still laugh. Yeah. So in college, we were able to define two different types of people. And my people, okay, so let me just, you'll know who my people are. But when someone breaks wind in mass, which is totally not okay, right? I just (laughs) want to admit that, that you should try and avoid this if at all possible. But when someone does, there's two types of people. There's the type of people that kind of scoff and be like, oh my goodness, this is uh, totally wrong. And they kind of almost give that Catholic shame, you know, not even the guilt, but like the shame, like, ugh, you know. (laughs) And then there's my people that are sitting there, like putting their hands over their mouth, trying not to uh, laugh out loud because it's so funny. And, you know, and and again, irreverent humor uh, isn't always the best type of humor, but it's still humor, you guys. It's still funny. And so um, to have that levity in your life when something comes up and be like, even if it's misplaced, you can still recognize this, like, that was pretty funny. Yeah, I I felt so bad. I don't know if I've shared this story on the podcast yet or not, but I uh, periodically I'll take my kids over the summer, you know, to daily mass with me, and they'll have different prayer intentions and whatnot. Well, there's a an elderly lady that's you know in our congregation, and her husband had passed away years ago. Her last name is Pooh, um, and so they said the prayers for Doctor Pooh. <laughs> And I'm sorry, I'm praying for the guy, absolutely, but my kids are in there and I'm like, oh crap, like what are my kids going to do, you know, but I I turned to them and they were dead serious, didn't snicker or laugh or anything like that, but their dad did, you know, it's like I'm the one who's who's not able to keep it in. Anyway, that's not the same thing, but you know, anyway, and that may not have anything to do with having a sense of humor, but your sense of humor is not going to be the same as everyone else. There are dry senses of humor, right? And I don't know what a wet sense of humor is. What's the difference? (laughs) Don't don't ask me this question. Don't ever say that again. Yes, that sounds disgusting. (laughs) I believe it's the preferred term is a moist sense of humor. (laughs) That's even worse. (laughs) (laughs) But if you can't laugh at yourself and laugh at the situations... It just helps diffuse the like a situation. Yeah, totally. And again, laughter is contagious. So even if you're joking, I found this. There's this guy on my core team. His name is Ken. He laughs at nearly everything I say, which is which is horrible. If you've ever gone out and played pickup basketball and you make your first outside shot, 
then all you're going to do the rest of the day is take outside shots, right? And you're going to miss most of them. And that's what basically I have a joke that shouldn't have landed, but he laughed really hard. So then I keep going for it. And it's horrible. I, I feel bad for everyone else. That's but why you laugh, keep him around, huh? His laugh is so <laughs> contagious that I don't have to be funny. Yeah. I just have to get him to laugh. And then everyone else around is lifted because of his laughter. Like he belly laughs every single time. It just brings joy into the room and a sense of humor. We are called to be people of hope, like you mentioned earlier, but we're also a joyful people. Yep. And I yep. think that levity or a sense of humor is a part of that reality. Um, and again, there's times where it's not appropriate and we have to be able to have the discernment. But even in difficult situations, God still calls us to, to, to his love. And that's something we're smiling about. That's something worth having joy. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the people that you serve, you know, something that's funny, but potentially inappropriate, you know, might happen. And then everybody looks to you, you know, and I, I think sometimes we take ourselves too seriously, you know, and we can let go a little bit and you can laugh about it. People look to you as like, is it, is it okay for me to laugh at this? And then if you laugh, then everybody else is like, okay, good. We can laugh at this. And you'll, you'll be able to tell which, which situations are appropriate. Just, you know, I would say loosen up a little bit. <laughs> but it's a neat opportunity when we recognize in a parent meeting, right, that we can laugh and have fun together. In, in a situation where something has an innuendo or something like that, and you're able to kind of acknowledge it with humor like, ha, 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 you know what I mean, and, and move on. I think that sometimes those things seem so taboo. But I think the church is the place where we bring those things, things that make us uncomfortable, things regarding our sexuality and things of that nature should absolutely be brought into the church. This is where we deal with those things because we draw our identity from God himself. And I think, especially in youth ministry, sometimes that's seen as taboo. We're not supposed to talk about that here. Humor can oftentimes be an on-ramp to those conversations, and it can sometimes be an inappropriate thing too. So you have to really discern and walk through that. Matt? So when you, you were talking about parent meetings, we had our parent meeting recently, and I got one of the absolute most annoying questions, you know, from a parent. Um, we're changing our, like, how we keep track of attendance of the youth because we have to have a certain level of attendance for people to get com confirmed in this diocese, et cetera, et cetera. So we're changing the way it, it's done. So this one parent raises their hand. Well, what about all the stuff they did last year? Um, is that going to count? And it was like, like... That's this. That's a stupid question. I'm sorry. It's it's just a stupid question, and I I, I wanted to like I wanted like my youth minister like, I don't know I just get so mad at parents that don't care beyond like whatever. And so I, but my response was a joke. You know, it was like, and I said something to the effect of like, am I allowed to joke and say absolutely no, none of that counts. And so then everybody laughs, you know, and so I, I responded to the situation that was frustrating to me with with humor where I could have not done that. <laughs> sure. And I didn't want to. <laughs> well, I, I think it's fascinating. Sometimes um, it can also seem dismissive. Uh, but in that case, it, it seems like you were like, yeah, it's it's frustrating, too. But the bishop's policy is clear that it says the two years immediately preceding confirmation, right? That, yeah. that, that's what the policy says. So do those years count? Well, of course they count. Like, that's what you were thinking. Of course they count because your child got to go grow closer to Jesus Christ. Like, of course it matters. <laughs> but in regards to what's the least I can do to get my child to receive the sacrament, then no. If that's what you're asking, then no, they don't count. You know, and it's just like, oh, it's so hard, man. So, yeah. well, good. Well, so I think sense of humor helps us deal with that too because the difficult situations that come at us, 
And sometimes they can come through, um, I don't want to say stupid questions. That's not very affirming. And that was number four in our list. So, um, <laughs> Sorry, I, the I more, said that. <laughs> the more difficult questions or the more difficult situations. Well, great. Before we close, if you guys haven't noticed, we had a whole rebranding thing. Uh, ablaze.us is the, the new website that has all of our ministries on it, from Next Level Ministry to Beyond the Pew and Ablaze Youth. They're all on there, our 360-degree approach to youth ministry at ablaze.us. And for those who aren't familiar, this podcast is part of Next Level Ministry. Next Level Ministry builds ministry leaders, and this podcast is meant to help foster, restore, and build ministry leaders throughout our nation. And so it's a part of Next Level Ministry, which is a part of Ablaze Ministries. And, uh, and so check us out if you haven't. Like us on Facebook, share it. All the content we make is meant to be shareable to pour into not just you, but to others. And so you can just search us on Facebook. You say MLA Podcast. I always search Ministry Leaders Anonymous. Either way, it's pretty okay. easy to find. Both will get us there. And, and Chris won't say this, I don't think, but if you guys are looking for a coach, someone to walk a little bit more intentionally with you through your ministry, um, you can actually hire Chris. You can hire Next Level Ministry to do that for you. And just check out the website, nextlevelministry.org. Send any feedback you have to MLA at ablaze.us and share this podcast with someone, with everyone. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week and pray for other ministry leaders. Take some time this week and affirm other ministry leaders. Amen to that. And we will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. God bless.